That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast, reacting to what may be and is, in my opinion, the best road win of the season for the Denver Nuggets. First game out of the All-Star break to begin the sprint that is the last 23 games of the season and now the last 22 games of the season in Cleveland against a team that is the best home team in the Eastern Conference, a team in Cleveland that is arguably the best defensive team that the NBA has to offer. And on their home court, Cleveland came into Thursday night's game with a record of 25-6. and Just six total losses all season in Cleveland. What a fun basketball team, by the way. Uh, with the Cavs. Now, I kind of had my eye on them from afar, um, but hadn't really, outside of a couple, like, just, just you know, maybe five to ten minute stretches on NBA League Pass, really um, a locked in on them. And I like their team. I like their talent. They play hard. They guard. They attack. Evan Mobley, holy moly, that guy is a problem child. He was the third overall pick, uh, pick out of USC back in 2021. And again, um, he's good. He's he's solid. There's a reason he was a top five pick. But again, like that's the best basketball game I've ever seen him play uh, on Thursday night uh, in Cleveland. 31 points, nine rebounds, an assist, and a steal. He was great um, and really dominant around the basket. Um, but anyway, uh, it, forgive me waxing on about about Cleveland. It was the Nuggets who really um, just impressed the hell out of me. No Aaron Gordon. Still dealing with that uh, a rib issue. Um, hopefully he comes back sooner than later, but the fact that that collection of characters coming out of the break, going on the road, uh, in a place that's really, really tough to play. And then the way that they finished the game, like, you know, uh, we talk about this from time to time. Like, did you ever think the Nuggets were going to lose game X and you break it down? You're like, ah, no, even though they were down, you know, seven midway through the third, like I always kind of felt like they were going to, they were going to eke it out. Like there was, um, there was enough moments in the fourth quarter where I'm like, yeah, I, I, I think they're, I think they're probably going to lose tonight. Um, but that starting unit uh, comes back in the game, and their execution level down the stretch was fantastic, just absolutely fantastic. They finished the game on a twenty, I think it was a twenty-four to twelve run. Cleveland doesn't score uh, in the last two minutes of the game, and Denver ultimately wins one fifteen to one hundred nine, bringing the Denver Nuggets twenty. Four games above 500. Their 42nd win of the season. They can get to 50 wins uh, with eight more, and they have 22 games to do it. I mean, this team is going to burst through the 50-win mark. They're going to burst through their season total uh, that was set by the experts. And here they are, uh, the most uh, home wins in the Western Conference and the second most road wins in the Western Conference. So they've now won four games in a row, and I thought Michael Porter Jr. 
Uh, while Jokic uh, had the biggest stat line, it actually didn't feel like an A-plus game uh, from Jokic. And it's so often the case with Yoke where you check the final box score and you're like, holy moly, 24, 18, 13, multiple uh, steals. Like, holy crap. Um, but Michael Porter Jr., for uh, a lot of the same reasons we talked about going into the All-Star break, he was like our big takeaway in the final game against the Dallas Mavericks the Wednesday before All-Star weekend where he went for 22 points. Well, he, he, he surpassed that. He goes for 25 points on 8 for 14 shooting. So that's 57%. But he made six threes, six of 10. So in the last three games, Michael Porter Jr. has 16 made three-pointers. I thought he rebounded the ball well in Cleveland. Um, and it just, just, just like, again, some of the same stuff that we've been sort of highlighting here. Um, not just a one-trick pony, uh, finishing in transition, trying to attack the basket. It's all good stuff for MPJ. So he is really, like Michael Porter Jr. represents um, the ceiling for the Nuggets, I think. And when he is that version of himself, I, I mean, the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. So I thought uh, MPJ um, was um, sort of like my big takeaway of the game if I were going to have one from a personnel standpoint. Uh, Jokic was, again, when it came time for you know the execution down the stretch, just, just, just dicing up double teams. The way that he's able to diagnose this stuff and dealing with size, right? I mean, they got some big dudes over there in Cleveland. Um, and, and just, again, just using a scalpel um, – and doing surgery on these double teams, finding Contavious Caldwell-Pope from three down the stretch of that fourth quarter, finding Michael Porter Jr. from three in a massive shot um, that, that kind of was the nail in Cleveland's coffin on Thursday night. It, it starts and ends with Jokic. 24, 18, 13, two, uh, two steals. Now, he turned it over too much. If you watch the game like I did, it started within the first couple possessions of the game, and it just happened too often. A little bit too uh, lax with the basketball, it felt like uh, Donovan Mitchell had like three different steals on him. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I, I mean, he, he plucked him a handful of times. Uh, a couple passes that were just um, a little uh, j- just errant. Uh, but then he had some freaking really amazing passes, full court passes, dicing passes. Um, so you, you, you take the bad there uh, with Yoke. But it wasn't actually for me. It wasn't one of these, um, you know, A-plus performances because we've seen what those look like. And there was just a, a too many um, too many eyesore possessions uh, for Yoke on Thursday night to be in that uh, uh, qualification. I thought the bench was mostly bad, and I'm not really that worried about it. Um, I'll be worried about it if we're still talking about it uh, in three or four weeks. But this is a group that was kind of thrown together, playing together for the first time. Um, they collectively made one three pointer, and that was the that was the three quarter court uh, heave. From Reggie Jackson. By the way, like, what a big shot. Guys, so many, and I know you guys watch the NBA, and and even if you're just watching the Nuggets, it pops up every third night. Guys are taking that shot less and less. They are are not taking um, the half-court shots because they don't want to, they don't want to hurt their field goal percentage. That's the reason. And it's weird. We've talked about it here in the past on the Mile High Hoops podcast. I don't, it's missing, like those moments are missing competitive spirit. You're worried about the wrong things in those moments. And these guys um, have taken those half court, three quarter court shots so often. I mean, from the time that you can, like you're physically capable, like 12, 13 years old. Um, shoot, I mean, we we would have uh, a shoot around before every, um, you know, college uh, 
basketball game I was a part of, and our coach would have a, a 20 bucks. I don't even know if this is actually legal. Um, but he'd have 20 bucks, and he'd put it on the ball rack, and uh, we'd all go in a line. First guy that makes their half-court shot is going to go home with the 20 bucks. And we did that every single game throughout the season. But that's not, like, new or or um, th- th- uh, unusual. That's so commonplace. So I'm glad Reggie Jackson took the shot. It was actually a, a big shot uh, at that juncture in the second half. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it propelled them the following quarter, made it uh, made the game a whole heck of a lot closer. Um, no, well, not a whole heck of a lot. It made it three points closer. So, uh, but I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and Reggie Jackson in his uh, debut with Denver, um, nothing crazy to write home about. He played 18 minutes, struggled from the field, um, seven points, was a minus seven. That group just needs to not take on water uh, to the point where when the starters come back in, you're under it. Just be a net neutral uh, with that second group. Um, I didn't think anyone played particularly well uh, in that second group. Thomas Bryant, just two points, um, wasn't really a, a, a factor. I mean, he was active on the glass, so you, you, you take that, and that's important. Um, but nothing crazy there. Nothing crazy. Uh, KCP was freaking nails. That guy, I mean, you talk about a middle finger uh, to the three-point contest. He shows up in the first game post-All-Star break after he wasn't asked uh, to uh, be in the three-point contest. He goes four for four. No biggie. Let me go four for four from three. Let me actually go six for six from the field and finish with 17 points. Three rebounds, two assists, three steals, two blocks for KCP. What a freaking, I mean, we've, we've talked about it before he played a game in a Nuggets uniform, just what a, a fit uh, that he was going to be. And um, that has come up repeatedly, time after time after time in spades. And the best of it is yet to come. Because that guy is a grizzled playoff veteran who has been there and done that, and he's going to provide, I think, a real calm uh, to this group when they get uh, on under the biggest stage in the NBA playoffs, which is going to be here uh, before you know it. Um, Jamal Murray, uh, on his birthday, uh, scores 16 points. Uh, he struggled uh, from three. He struggled from the field. I thought he was trying to do too much, especially during the game. Um, uh, or especially at the start of the game, excuse me. Now, the, the, the nine assist to, to two turnovers is insane. I mean, that is just phenomenal from Jamal. Uh, but I thought he was, um, he was a little bit too up for the game almost. Like, you could tell, like, he had an explosion about him, had a, um, you know, a vigor to him uh, physically. Um, but I thought a couple of the early possessions just trying to do up and unders, uh, you know, when he could just finish on the strong side of the rim, Making it more difficult on himself, uh, leading to block shots um, or just or just misses. He just just trying to do a little bit too much. A little bit, I think a little bit too much a pent up maybe energy uh, from from over the All Star break and not being a participant in anything and just you know uh, uh, you know wanting to attack. I I, I loved the um, his prop coming into the game. I think it was twenty one and a half points. I played the over. Uh, was wrong about that, but I I I thought I was on the right track with his, uh, use the word vigor again, attacking the first game out of the All-Star break. I think you, you, you'll you see the dividends of that um, in the next contest when the Nuggets uh, play at Memphis uh, on uh, Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. Really looking forward to that basketball game. And you look at the standings, 
Um, you could really, you know, Memphis is already in a tremendous hole. There is no larger gap between any playoff seed, okay, from like the 7 to the 8 seed, from the 5th to the 6th seed, from the 3 to the 4th seed. There's no larger gap than the number 1 seed to the 2 seed because Memphis comes out of the break. They lose against the Philadelphia Sixers um, on the road in Philly. They are now whopping six games behind the number one seed, and you win on Saturday evening. It's probably already a foregone conclusion, but it will be, in fact, a foregone conclusion if you win in Memphis on Saturday evening. And then you turn around on Sunday and play um, the Clippers, which is going to be interesting because of the Bones Highland uh, dynamic and his return to Denver. What will the reception be for Bones? Uh, Don't think he's getting a video tribute uh, this time around. Don't think he's getting a video tribute. And, and, and I bring that up because the Nuggets are unfortunately a part of the worst video tribute in the history of video tributes when they gave a video tribute to um, R.J. Hampton, a rookie who averaged about two points a game uh, and appeared in like 21 contests. So um, can't do that again. Don't do that again. Uh, but Bones is coming off his first game as a Clipper where he scores nine points, goes two for four from the field, four for four from the stripe. Um in 16 minutes, see what uh, see what happens on Sunday uh, in Denver. See what the reception is in Denver. I, I think that in general, um, the Denver crowd is pretty friendly. Um, if he was going back to New York, back to Philly, back to Cleveland, back to like a market like that where the fans are a little bit more screw you, Bones could get booed. Um, that's not my prediction on uh, Sunday. That's not my prediction. I think the crowd will actually cheer him, um, mostly cheer him. And those who want to boo might just not do anything at all. But that game is actually not till late Sunday evening. That's eight o'clock start time on ESPN Sunday night. I may um, I may record that and watch it uh, watch it Monday morning. Um, okay, uh, we'll leave it there for now. Not a long podcast today. Just quick little reaction. I thought it was a signature win. We um, uh, wanted to come in here and just dish a couple thoughts on some of the performances. Uh, Jokic notches another triple double. Team is now twenty two and zero. Uh, this season, he is making history uh, left and right in that regard. He is now eight triple doubles. We've kind of been keeping our eye on this for the last few weeks here on the Mahayus podcast. Jokic is now eight triple doubles behind LeBron James for fifth most all time. Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Uh, just turned 28 years old. Insane. Because we started we, we, we started these conversations with him and Wilt and what would it take for him to get fifth most all time and all sorts of math a couple of years ago. And um, he's just gone into warp speed with it. Incredible. Okay. Uh, we'll leave it there for now, guys. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Rate this podcast five stars. It's the best way you can support me and this pod. Be good to each other. Stay safe over the weekend. And whatever happens in the back-to-back in Memphis and then at home against the Clippers, you already know we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.